You're listening to episode two in our ADU series. So in this episode, Stacy and I underwrite a property with an ADU. So enjoy the episode and make sure you check out the website, Denver Investment Real Estate slash ADU for all the resources. Enjoy the show. Listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by the Envision Advisors at Your Castle Real Estate. Hey, Denver, Chris Lopez here, and this deal analysis is part of our ADU series that we're doing with Stacey Rosansky. Stacey, how are you? I'm good, Chris. How are you? Doing really good. Always love doing deal analyses. So this is a property that um, was recently on the MLS. Yep. It's in Corey Merrill. We're going to go through and run a couple different types of deal analyses on there. Since with ADUs, there's some options. So we're going to go through that on this podcast today. The numbers and spreadsheets we'll talk about. And of course, they'll be in the show notes on the blog post as well. So Stacey, everyone loves deal analyses. Um, before I jump into it, give us the overview of this property. Yeah, I was able to walk this property. It's really great area. Um, the main house is a two-bedroom, one-bath house. And then the ADU was detached um, on top of the garage. So it had a kind of a studio ADU above a two-car garage. And look at the photos here. I mean, I, I guess these are the main house that looks gorgeous. It looks like yeah, recently update, renovated. Yeah, everything updated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the ADU was uh, a neat layout. It actually had a main floor um, kitchen. And you can see it has a garage door opening from the kitchen in that photo. Oh, that's cool. And then upstairs was the studio, uh, living room, bedroom, and bathroom. Oh, that was a cool layout. Mm-hmm. And so, like, how many bedrooms in the main house, you know, bed, bath, layout, same for the ADU? Yeah, main house was just two bed, one bath. Um, it did have a basement that you could probably make into another bedroom at some point down the line. And ADU is just, like I said, studio space. Okay, so basically kind of like a bungalow up front in the main house? Mm-hmm. Said, okay. yep. Because yep. this is, it's in Corey Merrill. That's kind of like Corey Merrill around the uh, Wash Park border. Yep, exactly, okay. near Wash Park. So, so, I mean, you know, you guys in Denver, great area, mm-hmm. great neighborhoods. I um, mean, also a very hot spot for, you know, ADUs and, and things like that. All right. Anything else in the property that really stood out or potential wins or issues before we jump into deal analysis? No, I just thought it was good location, really well kept property. So I thought it would be a good one to run an analysis on. Okay. So we'll have some of those notes in the show notes and we're going to switch over to the spreadsheet now. So we're just going to plug in a couple things into uh, Joe's spreadsheet that uh, he lets us use. And Stacey, before we start plugging the first one, you know, there's a half a dozen different ways we can analyze this. Kind of list off some of the ways you were thinking about it and explain to us why we're going to do the ones we're going to do. Sure. Um, yeah, I like playing around with the the different options you have for ADUs. So you can live in one unit and rent the other, either short, medium, or long-term. You can put a long-term renter in both units. You can put a long-term renter in one unit and a short-term renter in another. Uh, You can medium-term them both. It just, the list goes on and on. So we're going to run it as when you first buy the property and you're going to live in the main house and short-term rent the ADU. Okay. So we'll do a house act, short-term rental on the ADU. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of clients that that's what they're looking to do right now. So I thought it would be good to analyze this one. 
So we'll do this. And of course, this, you know, in the previous episode, we talked about building ADUs. We'll talk more about that. And there'll be two very distinct deal analyses. You know, one is buying a property with an existing ADU, such as this one. Um, and then there's building. So we'll kind of go through the deal analyses on both. This one's focused on just buying an existing one because that's what the vast majority of clients do. It's right. simple. It's easy. It's got the financing, the building costs, all that stuff. So, that, I mean, this is definitely the more popular route to go. So it's a great one to talk about. Yeah, I think it's great to talk about. You might see that it has a higher price tag, um, which is going to be common with uh, an existing ADU, but that you can still make the numbers work. Yep. All right. So this property, um, primary residence, start giving us some numbers for plugging the spreadsheet. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be 10% down. Um, yep. Upfront single paid. Purchase price is 720000 And let's talk about that real fast because that's, I'm assuming you're doing, is that jumbo loan or is that bringing it down to the conventional? That's threshold? a jumbo loan. Okay. So that's why we have to do the 10%. Um, although we are seeing different products out there now, but typically you're going to have to at least do 10% on a jumbo. Yeah. And just keep in mind, as we look at property, especially ADU properties, they are, it's not uncommon from the above the, uh, the conforming loan limits, Right. which in 2021... Uh, in Denver, that's about 596,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're getting close to 2022 and that every year they update it. And with the real estate prices, I would expect a significant, a significant bump, bump in there. Yeah. But just be mindful. We should talk about properties. Look at fi- uh, look at this. Financing comes into play. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've done quite a few ADU properties, jumbo loans in this, in this higher price limit. So just little uh, asterisk there to keep in the back of your mind. Yeah. So 10% down jumbo. We're doing upfront mortgage payment. Purchase price seven twenty. Rough acquisition cost. I had seven thousand in there, so okay. right around there. Seven thousand. Um, and what about in terms of just like repair cost? I mean, look pretty. Yeah, it was pretty turnkey, so okay. I would keep those at zero. So seller credits, and then do you want to account for? Because if we are going to short term rental the ADU, mm-hmm. um, do we want to account for the furnishing and setup and the initial repair cost, or? Do you, you uh, yeah, let's put that in there. Okay. I mean, what? I think 5,000. You know, it's a studio. There's not, you're not going to need okay. much. So five grand. You can do it for way cheaper if you're a Craigslist <laughs> and Facebook marketplace hunter. This is true. Um, interest rate. So uh, jumbo loans. Mm-hmm. I don't know interest rates on those currently. So um, you can still uh, under three. So a 2.875. Oh my gosh. Put. Really? Yeah. It's amazing. All right, so now we're going to just put in uh, monthly rental income on one unit. This Correct. will be for the ADU short-term rental because we're assuming that the client or the new owner is living in the main, main house. front house. Mm-hmm. Um, so we ran a AirDNA report on this and it came back with um, 135 for a nightly rate and 80% occupancy. So that brings it to 3240 Okay. And this is just monthly. And this is gross income or is this yep, with with or without the cleaning fees? That's without cleaning fees. Okay. Because cleaning fees are really just a pass through. Yep. So that so. that's that that numbers will be charged separately and we won't account for because that should just Ex- be a wash. Yes. Give exactly. or take a few bucks, right? Exactly. Okay. So this is gross real income, not the cleaning fees, but will be what's really hitting the owner's pocket. Mm-hmm. Um cleaning fees and that stuff, that's just we're not gonna account for it here because that's a dollar and a dollar out. Yeah. So about thirty-two fifty a month, mm-hmm. and then we can put the vacancy at zero because we're already accounting for that in the monthly. Yep, because you said eighty percent occupancy. Yep. Wow. Okay. Yep. Um, 
we'll just kind of leave annual rent depreciation at three percent not gonna be a big deal there property management i guess we'll self-manage i think so when you, while you're living in the next yeah. door and i would say for you know the vast majority of our clients when they when they do this scenario or something similar i mean 90 percent are probably self-managing mm-hmm. um 10 percent a little bit more are, are yeah. hiring a property manager to do it and i think for this type of product you would probably do that kind of hybrid manager where maybe they're just taking on the like client calls or something so you could do like 10 percent versus the 25 percent for the full yeah. management of it so but I, w- I would run it without property management okay no property management um maintenance monthly maintenance reserves this is where i don't know how you do this but i always i debate back and forth to adus you have two structures so mm-hmm. main, you know two roofs two stuff like that but airbnb higher rental income and it's been interesting talking about airbnb managers they actually say it's lower maintenance on airbnb properties because you have so many eyeballs in there mm-hmm. be a lot more preventative so I'm at uh, a point in my underwriting where I don't know what to put for repairs and maintenance and situations like that yeah. is my point with this. I agree with the manager. So I would drop it to 5% um, because, yeah, we are bringing in a higher rental income. So that should more than cover any you know thing that comes up. Okay. So that's 5% of the gross monthly rent. So 5% of that 3200 and change mm-hmm. of what we're putting away for just um, repairs and reserves on the property, not cleaning and supplies and... Um, right. Um, you know, materials for the Airbnb. Right. Um, HOA. No HOA. No HOA. Taxes. Taxes on this property are. I can look it up if you don't. Thirty-one sixty-three. Thirty-one sixty-three. What about insurance? I put insurance at two thousand. Just a little bit higher. Two structures, like you said. So I think that should be pretty good. An important note on here, um, just in general, underwriting for insurance. Two things to always make sure your insurance agent knows is that, hey, this is an ADU property. Mm-hmm. And my recommendation is to really pay attention to the replacement value they give the ADUs. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, like, oh, it's like $40,000 to replace ADU. Right. I'm like, great. Who's that does that? <laughs> can't build one for 40000 bucks. And also make sure they know you're going to short-term rental it so you can have the appropriate insurance coverage. So two things to keep in mind uh, when you actually do underwrite this and, and start building on a property. Mm-hmm. Uh, utilities. So obviously you're not going to be charging utilities to the ADU client. That's just baked into the into the rental income. Yep. But then the house hacker owner client is paying utilities for themselves and their Airbnb guests. Yeah. What would you recommend on? Um, here? I think I put it around like 900 for water and sewer. Just pretty small properties, so I don't think there will be big water bills. Trash is included in because it's Denver property taxes. Electric, I would do a thousand. For the whole year? Yeah. Is that including gas as well? Or are you still bringing that out? No, together. Sorry, gas and electric. Thousand bucks a year? That's too cheap. Oh, yeah. All right. Or maybe I'm really bad on my stuff. <laughs> I don't I also, I think I'm not running Airbnbs, but I know, like, you know, I go in Airbnbs or I get a rental car. I'm, you know, I crank up the AC if I need to. Yeah, you're probably right. It, they are really, <laughs> they're pretty small units. That's why I was okay. thinking lower, but we can bump it up, bump it up to 1500 if okay. we'll be conservative. And we can play around with these numbers as yeah. well. Then we're gonna um, want to put internet in there. Yeah. Um, so what, eight hundred for the year? Yeah, I think that's good. Internet. So we got internet, uh, Excel, water track or water sewer trash as part of the property taxes, landscaping, snow removal. We'll just assume the the owner occupant is mm-hmm. handling that. All right. Any other additional expenses? 
I mean, if we want to put like the cleaning supplies and replenishables in there, um, you know, I would do maybe 600 bucks for the year. All right. So going over to the cash flow tab on here, um, we're about $95,000 all in. That's 10% mm-hmm. plus closing cost and the $5,000 ish to furnish right. the Airbnb or the ADU for the Airbnb. Mm-hmm. We were underwriting on here about $11,000 in annual expenses, which leaves us about a $28,000 NOI or net operating income. But our mortgage debt is about 32,000 a year. So a negative cash flow of 4,000 bucks a year. So how do you interpret that? I mean, I see native cash flow. Yeah, but you're living there. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so 4,200 divided by 12. How's your mental math? I was going to say, yeah, bring out All that right. calculator. Cal- so 4,200 divided by 12 is about 350 a month. So in this scenario, you know, for, you know, putting a roof over your head, buying a place, utilities, $354 a month for a client to live, you know, while they're proactively managing a property right. on the back of their, uh, on the back of their property, but 354 bucks a month to live while you're building equity. Yeah. And it's not a, I mean, what's great about this is it's not a shared space. You have your own property to yourself. You're significantly reducing your mortgage. Um, so pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah. I agree. And this is where, you know, it's important to keep in mind because this is, especially the ADUs, we've seen some, um, you know, some instances when we've helped clients buy some properties where, hey, they might be 800000 900000 a million dollars property. And sometimes they actually have better cash flow than the $600,000 property right. does based on location and quality and all that. So, you know, a lot of times we look at traditional long-term rentals. Um, it's, it's a lot more tied to like price bands. Like, oh, this place is that expensive. It just doesn't work. Right. If you start doing an ADU, especially if you start incorporating like a short-term, medium-term rental, um, the price of the property becomes a lot less important because mm-hmm. um, this comes on, hey, what's the rent coming in? And that's so dependent on location and quality finishes. So if you are buying a property and you want to do something like this, don't be, um, just be more careful in weeding out properties based on price point, assuming you can afford it. Right. But the numbers themselves can still support, you know, a three-quarter million dollar or a million dollar property actually give you a better cash flow than a $600,000 property. It's been really interesting to see that. Right. I think that's an important point to not rule them out because we really have to look at it in more detail. Yeah. All right. So you can see here, even though we got a negative $4,000 in cash flow, still getting some appreciation, still get some debt pay down, and you still depreciate some of the property. Of course, uh, this spreadsheet's not built to handle nuanced uh, modeling like this. So talk with your CPA and we always do a, a bigger modeling in here as well. Mm-hmm. All right. So this is scenario one. Yeah. And this is great for our clients because they might spend, you know, one to three years is pretty common. Right. If we get some that's, you know, a, a no matter to the T, they'll be out at, you know, month 13. Some people <laughs> stay there for a couple of years because it's a cool location, cool property, right. hang out for a few years, you know, all that great stuff. But once they move out, that becomes the next thing of like, what can we do with this property? Because, you know, ideally we want it to keep generating income and hopefully be positive cash flow. Right. So again, with any of these properties, you're going to want to check with your local jurisdiction, make sure you're following all the rules, all the zoning, all the uh, rental laws. Um, but for this instance, I think we should model what happens when they move out and they put in a long-term renter in the main house. 
you can do this in the city of Denver. The the rent the long term renter would hold the short term rental license for the ADU. Say that again, because this this is a just you know an important nuance. Yes. Yeah, so there are a lot of restrictions around short term rentals in the city of Denver. So be sure to check out. They have a whole page dedicated to it. Um, but you can have a long-term renter hold a, sh- a short-term rental license for your property um, if you have more than one unit on the property. And there's, I mean, we have clients, we know other investors. There's actually some like, you know, companies where they facilitate that stuff. So right. it's a legal way to do it, right. uh, but you have to follow do your the own rules. due yeah. diligence. You know, we're just, this is educational. Yep. And it works today <laughs> and in the future. Uh, Things right, can change. It may change. So I'm back on the spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. Um, I changed the number of units from one to two. Okay. Um, we'll leave in that 3240. Yep. Uh, for you know the ADU income. And then the main house, what type of rental income are we thinking on there? Yeah, I think for that area for a long-term rental, you could get twenty two hundred for that yeah. unit. And one thing is we talk about rents on here, it's not uncommon to, hey, if you have that, sometimes you give the the main mm-hmm. the main renter a little upside in the right. Airbnb income or lower their rent. Exactly. So, you know, there might be some wiggle room on here on this rent. So might be, you know, some stuff on there because you want to make sure it's a good win-win situation mm-hmm. and that your main tenant is good with it and also doing his or her part of the part of the job on on there. So here's where it gets interesting to <laughs> yeah. me. What do we want to do with the monthly reserves? Do we increase into long-term rental or do we keep the same since, hey, we've basically almost doubled the rental income and 5% of 5,400 is a good chunk of money? Yeah, I would keep it the same personally. Um, You know, it's not going to be totally perfect because they're two different types of rentals. Um, So I think it's just a good, you know, estimate. Yep. And then in terms of utilities... Um, and we've had clients different things. Do you landlord still pay utilities or have the main house put in the utilities? What would you recommend the situation? How would you underwrite it? I think I would just keep everything the same for underwriting purposes. I think that's a good point in how you could, you know, strike a deal with your tenant. If they're managing their Airbnb, maybe you give them, you know, you include utilities or, you know, there's just so many ways to look at it, but for kind of making this more apples to apples, I think we should leave everything the same. Or you could say $2,200 plus $100 a month in utility right. bill back. Yeah. One thing I would do here for, because I, I, I know how people are. I referenced earlier, like if I'm moving on this property, I'm going to be more conscientious of what I'm doing with, uh, you know, my thermostat and things like that. So I'm going to bump up water a little bit, a couple okay. hundred bucks a year, bump up Excel. Let's just go bump up to 2000 for okay. 1500 because generally speaking, if you're not paying the bill, you're not as conscientious sure. of, of the resources you're using. We'll keep the internet and Airbnb supplies in there. Now, same thing, $95,000 all in. Now we're talking almost, oh my goodness, $20,000 a year in cash flow. Yeah. So who cares about $500 more utilities? Though, right? <laughs> um, so $20-ish thousand in cash flow, um, which puts that cl- about a 20% cash on cash return and a 7.2% cap rate. Mm-hmm. Um, so these numbers like this, in my mind, Amazing cash flow, and talk about a great part of town to own real estate in that's going right. to hold its value and probably just keep appreciating and always be a very desirable place to live. Um, I mean, damn, that's great. Yeah. So this one lets me think. Let's go back one more time and put property management in. Ooh. Because if we're bringing in that much cash flow, maybe we can spend the money to make it more passive. Again, it will be not perfect, 
So I would let's put 15% in um, because you have the Airbnb yep. and the long term. So we're going to be somewhere in the middle there with, um, you know, it's more expensive for an Airbnb property manager. So we'll just average it out. All right. So that'll be 15% of the property management. And that income is 15% out of that monthly income, about $5,400 mm-hmm. is what's calculating. So now that drops the cash flow by about nine to $10,000 to $10,000 uh, uh, annual in cash flow. So, you know, just under a thousand bucks a month. Um, and at that point, like, I know which route I would go. I'd go this route and be hands-off property management. Yeah. But that's me. Right. Um, what would you do? That's a great question. I would I would probably go the same as you. I would yeah. think I would go with the hands-off route um, and see how it goes for a year or so. And if, it, if I felt like I could take it on, maybe drop it. But I mean... For these numbers, then you have the you have the option. Yep, and that's that's the, the nice thing about this is, is you got the flexibility on there. And again, there's no right or wrong. You know, keep in mind, you know, Stacey and I, we have families and both have young children. Right. Um, you know, <laughs> time is a lot more precious now than it was five years ago, and a lot more limited. So that you know, property management depends on the investor's level of interest, their skill set, and just hey, what is that extra ten thousand dollars? Is it worth it to them? Great then self-manage. If it's not, great. Hire a property manager. Like there's no right or wrong. It's what the fits best for your portfolio and how you value your time in taking care of properties for cash flow. Exactly. Um, right now, I don't want a second job. So I would hire a property <laughs> manager. Um, 10 years ago, I would probably do it myself. Right. Um, so what else on this property? Any other scenarios? Um, I know we could run an, a lot. <laughs> yeah, we could keep running. I mean, I think if if we wanted to, we could just um, flip to long-term, see what it does for two, two long-terms. And I think this is a great thing to do because if just uh, Airbnb laws change right. or something, and just, hey, long-term, long-term rental on running is always like, hey, that is the plan B or maybe plan C. Like, hey, that's kind of like, I don't want to say worst case scenario, mm-hmm. but I guess it is a worst case scenario. And this is just what would have happened. Yeah. So, so we got a, a studio yep, out back. So I would put that at fourteen fifty. Fourteen fifty, and then for that we can drop the property management. Should we say the ten percent? Yeah, sure. And let's put a little uh, vacancy in there. Vacancy, we'll just say three percent. Yeah. And then, um, I mean, internet probably get rid of that, right? Yep. Airbnb internet. supplies, we'll get rid of. Yep. I think utilities as well. We'll get rid of those? Yeah. Assuming we just build, build them back. back to the yeah. Okay, so we're going to delete the utilities from underwriting. Um, in reality, it would be like we'd have the utilities mm-hmm. and charge an extra 100 bucks per unit to offset them. Yeah. But for some place, we'll just delete them. Monthly reserves, keep it at 5%? Uh, let's bump it up. Eight? Yeah. All right. I like that. Let's see what, what What's your guess? I think it's... Positive gonna, or negative cash I think it's be positive still. I think it'll be negative. Ooh. <laughs> uh negative two thousand eight hundred dollars. Okay. Um so negative two hundred and twenty, two hundred and forty bucks a month. Mm-hmm. So again, as a kind of worst case scenario on there, you know, for having a three quarter million dollar asset, um, as like a plan B, I'm would be happy to take that. Mm-hmm. But again, that's something that every individual investor has to determine. Yeah. I would be too, because again, you've got $4,300 in property management fees. So I think there's room there where you could either get a better deal. Maybe you can get it at 7% or, you know, 
Just get rid Do, of it. Cut it out completely, and then you're back yeah, to positive. Like, hey, it has to be cash flow positive. Then you're back to positive. So you're at over 100 bucks a month in cash flow then. Yeah. And this is where it gets fun in running properties. There's almost always a way to like pull a lever, do something mm -hmm. to make it work. Right. Again, no wrong answer. Hey, $100 a month either way, I don't think it's a big deal. Right. But other people, if they have a negative cash flowing property by a dollar, it sends them to the red zone. They can't have it. Mm -hmm. Fine. Right. Do what you have to do to make sure it works. Right. And then that's why there's like four more ways we could analyze yeah. this as to figure out what where it's going to meet the goals for the investor and also, you know, just make the numbers work. Yeah. <laughs> so this was great. We'll be doing more deal analysis in the future. And uh, maybe a little spotlight too, and not so much of the ADUs, but I mean, you're currently exploring doing some Airbnb on one of your properties. Yep. So we'll dive into that in the future deal analysis since that, you know, somewhat merges onto here and you have a, you know, how many property managers you've talked to for Airbnb in the last three months or three weeks? Um, around five. Yeah. So she's been, her, she's been doing her homework and due diligence, yep. and we're going to extract it from your brain and uh, see what you do. Um, cool. What awesome. else? I think that's it. I just, again, I love the flexibility of these properties oh. and how you can kind of play to your needs at the point in your life that you are and make it work. All right. All right. Listeners. People here in Denver, if you guys have questions, reach out to me and Stacy. Um, you know, we help you find or buy or sell a property. Stacy can do some consulting as well um, on ADU stuff. If you want to use a spreadsheet, go to the website, download our free toolkit. You can download it. Um, and we do a subscription to Air DNA, which is the most popular um, uh, rental estimator for Airbnb. We're always happy to run reports for people, help them figure out. So we get a lot of resources on here, help you figure out what the right investment is for you and also do some strategy, play devil's advocate and underwrite it six different ways and figure out the best one for you. Yeah. And reach out if you have done this on a property of your own. We'd yes. love to hear your story. So Stacy, great job. We'll see you next episode. Sounds good. Bye everyone.